0: Big Finish, for the love of stories. You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, Release date: the 26th of June, 2022.
1: So much for my spring cleaning. The brand new dimensional stabilizer tube. I mean, shame. I'm just glad we got down in one piece. The renovations need time to bed in. I haven't even tried the new soup dispenser. Ooh, I hope that doesn't gum up as well. <laughs> it's not just the TARDIS that needs
0: sprucing up, Doctor. <laughs> you, Nick and Benji. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and welcome once again to Big Finish's world of audio drama for the love of stories.
2: Benji and I will be presenting a packed agenda in our chat section of the podcast in just a few moments. We'll be previewing Beyond War Games, starring Michael Troughton as the second Doctor. We'll be talking about Sadie Miller, Seagulls and a leg of lamb. And we've got an email from Big
0: Finish First Doctor, Stephen Noonan. Following that, the good review guide. This week we're talking about Stingray, Operation Ice Cap and Doctor Who, Philip Hinchcliffe Presents... The God of Phantoms. Stand by for action! Then we're off
2: behind the scenes with the seventh Doctor Adventures, Silver and Ice, Bad Day in Tinseltown by Dan Starkey, featuring the Cybermen and, of course, Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor and Bonnie Langford as Mel.
3: My name is Dan Starkey and I wrote. A bad day in Tinseltown.
0: Following that, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails Ooh. sent to podcast.bigfinish.com, and, uh, and that'll be packed with electronic mail goodness.
2: Oh, good. In our also available segment, we'll be giving you a preview of the Big Finish Interlude audiobook, which is available with silver and ice. You know, the Seventh Doctor thing I mentioned just now. The Haunting of Brick Lane. No, it's not no, Brick it's Lane. No, not. Right. <laughs> brick Lane is where you That's get the in curry. London. Yes. <laughs> Haunting a brick place. And brick is spelt with a Y as well, which just confuses me. I think Y is by Georgia Cook and read by
0: Sophie Aldred.
4: It was only ever a matter of time. The Spectre would come again.
0: Then the Selector Selectatron will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Oh. And we've not got any idea what it'll be. But let's uh, take a little sneaky peek into the future.
2: What's going to happen to Earth? And then, as you may have come to expect, it'll be time to give you a free 15-minute drama tease. This week, it's the seventh Doctor Adventures Silver and Ice Bad Day in Tinseltown by Dan Starkey. Once you've seen one heavy state
1: magnetic drill with isomorphic controls, well, you've seen them all.
2: So, uh, next week on the podcast, we'll be covering Beyond War Games, the second Doctor Adventures...
0: And there was a trailer out uh, just recently. Did you hear it? Oh, I certainly did. Glorious oh. stuff. Very Thank exciting, you. isn't it? It's a big one. A lot of people have kind of requested that we go down this path, haven't they? And have over they? The yes, years, and so. yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's finally kind of realised, I think, it's quite nice.
2: Well, here's the trailer, anyway, in case you missed it when it was out on social media. It's also on the Big Finish website, on the Second Doctor Adventures page. But anyway, have a listen. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. The second Doctor Adventures Beyond War Games.
5: You have been content merely to observe the evil in the galaxy. I have been fighting against it.
4: <laughs>
0: Jamie, sorry. You'll forget me, won't they? I
1: just got trapped here.
4: Like you. Exterminate.
0: Uh, Hello! Oh! Who are you? Oh! What a big gun you've got! (laughs) I
2: see. You mean, I'll cease to exist? As you are now.
5: Are you or are you not the doctor that I met during the Yeti business? Is this your ship? Uh, well, no. I suppose not.
0: This planet was slap bang in the middle of our warp conduit.
5: Curious. You're telling me. I'm not James Bond, you know. Where is your communication device? (laughs) Can you hear me all right? Loud and clear,
1: Doctor. We complete the attack run. Bombard the
6: surface your new uh, companion?
0: I'm no one's companion, thank you very much. The TARDIS is, uh, temperamental like that. And at the moment, I'm, uh, well, <clears throat> not exactly a free agent. Are you receiving, Great Dane One? Greyhound, Doctor. Oh, oh, I do beg your pardon.
2: Big finish for the love of stories. So
0: there you go, and of course, starring Michael Charlton indeed what a legend great yeah, guy really great. nice sounds good he sounds great as well i think it's going to be really exciting uh getting i'm very excited there. about it having worked on it so uh
2: in such a concentrated fashion <laughs> like like orange juice
0: yeah. <laughs> highly <laughs> concentrated
2: so anyway listen we did a recording session this week with sadie miller playing yes, sarah jane did. smith i mean we can't give away any more details really um, but, uh, but you were the engineer, weren't you?
0: It was a great day, actually I really enjoyed it Full of great chuckles, laughs and, and great acting And we thought we'd been there for a long time And we were finished relatively early Compared to what we thought as well
2: I know, um, I was a, quite a slave driver, wasn't I, really?
0: No, I thought it was pretty I thought it was actually pretty pretty chill. It was quite just nice. It was just I think it was a really nice environment and it's you know, it's it's so lovely as well. Yeah. To have, you know, Sadie and Helen Goldwyn in there as well and it was just very it was just a nice bunch of people. It's a joy. Mm. And can you explain about the seagull and oh, lamb,
2: please, gosh. with the story you told us at the beginning of the recording, which yes. had us all very confused to start with? It. I mean, it sounded like a horror movie the way it well, began. Well, I was,
0: I was very confused, Nick, because um, there was this awful noise coming from the roof. You see, it was this huge. Sort of when you woke <sighs> up in the morning, I woke up and I heard this. <sighs> and Big wacks and creaks, and I thought, "Goodness Gosh. me!" I thought this is the house. Is is you know? Is it? I mean, it, this house needs a bit of work, but um, not not to that extent. Mm-hmm. I thought this is quite frightening. So I went outside. It was probably about I don't know six quarter to six. It was very early because obviously. You know I was woken up by a terrifying noise, yeah, um and I and I you know where I sleep is in the the attic of the house because it's, mm. it's essentially yeah, extended you've been up. banished like, banished. You know, like rochester's uh, former wife yes. banished the attic um and i and I went outside and i couldn't I couldn't see anything, there was nothing there, I just couldn't see it, went back in, had some breakfast, and it was still going on, I thought this is weird, I thought I can't you know. I, I mean, I will be able to engineer, but it will be very loud. With everything yeah. Going on, uh, and right at the last minute, and I'm talking sort of five minutes before we started. I looked out the window, and there was this. There was a couple of seagulls, but this main seagull was holding this massive leg of lamb. Like, well, obviously the bone of this lamb. It was holding that. So what they'd obviously been fighting over. it. The interesting thing is the seagull then. You know, after I was hitting the, the, the windows and clapping and making loads of noise, eventually it, it took off. But it took off with the bone in its mouth. God. Oh, that, how is that? You know, they're, they're, they can't be that strong. But yeah, so obviously this, this creaking noise was, was a bunch of seagulls presumably fighting or eating this leg of lamb that they'd nicked from a bin. But um, I was obviously relieved to know that. I wasn't going to crash through the floor or anything like that but, uh, but I mean
2: it's just the notion
0: that a whole leg of lamb was just that is just insane it, absolutely insane but of course it would make sense because all this creaking noise is probably like the bone hitting the hitting yeah. the, the top of the roof and all that and rattling down before they and they were all sort of
2: walking around rather oh. excitedly trying to grab it and probably fighting with each other over it and
0: It was just ridiculous, quite frankly. But um, yeah, a a huge relief actually to to know that it wasn't, you know, the
2: final moments. Who'd know you could ever be relieved to find seagulls (laughs) uh, fighting over a leg of lamb on your roof? I should have offered
0: (laughs) them some mint sauce, shouldn't I?
2: Just flicked it at them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Try a bit of that, mate. That'll do it. That'll Uh. be nice. Trust me. Oh, seagulls! No, 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 I just, just have a,
2: a strange relationship with fee fegu- gulls, seagulls, Feagulls and seagulls. Fe- I don't oh, know maybe. what a fee gull is, um, uh, because you know I do love the sound of them. You know, it makes me feel they're a lot here. That's. I think that's your owl again. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to go the full seagull thing. <coughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know what that was. Um, I mentioned the one last week that sits on the roof here, going, haw, 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 you know. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I know those annoying, ones. Yeah, yeah. but um, it, it makes me feel, you know, it's lovely to live here because it makes me feel like I'm on holiday all the time. Then I realise the amount of work I've got to do. <laughs> I'm Not the on real holiday at real all. life kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next on the agenda: Stephen Newton, our first Doctor actor, um, who's uh, you know you've you've heard him in the Outlaws. Fantastic reviews. Um, I think I can mention at this late stage that there was some controversy about his casting, but I think you know people have um, really uh, come to love what he's done, and I, I've loved it right from the the very word go. Um, and we we mentioned Stephen quite a lot. It uh, is, I mean, because we get like him. On him. The podcast at some point. We should get him on the podcast. Really? Yeah, definitely. He's anyway, he's, that right. he's emailed in. He says, "Dear Nick and Benji, and Benji and Nick, and of course Toby." I just thought I'd drop you both All five of you a line to mention What a pleasant surprise it was to hear you mention me On the podcast the other week And how extraordinary that that mention Should come out of Benji's eulogy to Dudley Simpson Whose musical compositions Must have as much as anything Aside from John Pertwee Pertie, it says here And Tom Baker themselves uh, To do with our apprehensive Enjoyment of Doctor Who In those heady days As Benji spoke, and immediately before Nick made mention of me, I had, by pure coincidence, just completed a comparison of the three great 1970s Sontaran cliffhangers and marvelled once again... At Dudley's masterful build to the sting of the cliffhanger in each case. In the first two instances, episode one of The Time Warrior and The Sontaran Experiment, he enhances the already alarmful sight of Kevin Lindsay taking his hat off and elevates both <laughs> elements to the nth degree of melodramatic impact. Derek Dedman, at the thrilling end of episode four of the, it must be admitted, not necessarily Altogether, always thrilling. The invasion of time doesn't take his hat off, probably for the best, as his mask wasn't on. Uh, but uh, as he points his evil wand at Tom Dudley, again <laughs> takes the moment to the max, and you'll notice that he does a rare thing here and adds an extra synth spangle after the cliffhanger sting has started. A sort of wow, 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 you remember that one? Wow, wow, I do remember Yeah, it's a <laughs> weird sort of yes, <laughs> to say yes kids be afraid I'm augmenting the very sting itself it's the uh, of Sontarans Uh, anyway I just thought I'd mention how touched I was that Nick should mention my own musicality in Dudley's Wake well, yeah we've heard you've heard him playing a bit of Marvel, beta, really, it. yeah, really, really good really yeah. good
0: better than uh, me on the old keys actually, certainly so. much better
2: than me too that this should then segue into benji's pitch about his suggestion for my um <clears throat> spin-off series exclamation mark in brackets set in the 70s of course and shot on film was possibly one of the most surreal experiences i've ever had incidentally the egyptian location stuff if we ever get there, we might have to film it in Canning Town. We'll naturally be on 16mm, but we'll probably end up shooting the interiors on tape in TC3.
0: <laughs> There'll just be lots of like, polystyrene, sort of <laughs> Egyptian-like... Yes. You know, a bit like, you know, I mean, they're not made of polystyrene, but you know the um, the sarcophaguses in Pyramids of Mars? Yes. Which obviously don't really look like how an actual... Like, they look a lot bigger than an actual sarcophagus would be. Do cause they? Because they have to, of course, accommodate... You know, Blooming great, uh, robots, mummies. So it's, it's got to have that level of like, sort of non-authentic quality.
2: Yes, but to clinch the deal and to tie up all those loose ends here, I thought I'd better find the theme music for this oeuvre. Uh, looking through the old vinyl collection, I dug out a splendid KPM compilation, and lo and behold—or should I say, a shindi havaruntek masai intala kalim. Pyramids of Pyramids <laughs> of Mars, uh, there was the perfect track written by Christopher Gunning, who, as you both know, wrote the magnificent theme and marvellously minimalistic incidental music to the BBC 1981 The Day of the Triffids, produced, of course, by none other than in a Tom Baker voice Maloney. Uh, <laughs> One of Benji's, and my favourite, not to mention music for other Golden Age TV classics like Rogue Male. Here Gunning, or Chris as he more coolly styled himself when he was writing generic 70s (laughs) funk cop show music like this, blends the elements to perfection. The drums and the bass guitar, of course The sinuously sliding, snaking strings The insinuating brass The subtle Pharaoh's dance, Miles Davis Electric piano All contributing to a piece that simultaneously evokes North Africa, New York, (laughs) New Delhi Or indeed the London borough of Newham Anywhere, in fact, (laughs) that exotic mysteries are to be solved by a man in a fez yes. It's even got the improbable Middle 8 section that never gets played In the series, the bit you only hear If you buy the record <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I was delighted to find it on the YouTube It's called, what else? Tough Assignment <laughs> 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 And I've sent it to you both And well, I just thought I'd mention it Meanwhile, I must as there are As ever, inquiries to be made In Cairo <laughs> Stephen Noonan. <laughs> P.S. I've never owned a goldfish. Do you remember you were asking? <laughs> I do. I it, do. You know? I remember
0: that very clearly. I was just, I'm glad that you that you've let us know. Well, thank goodness we cleared want, that up. But I just I think, want to see it made now. Yes, honestly.
2: yes. I don't
0: know. I haven't. Have I got it up on YouTube here? I'm just imagining the kind of I haven't location stuff like um, Paul Temple sort of stuff. You know. Yes. Yeah. All shot in Malta. <laughs> All shot in Malta, lots of sand, sandy things. Sand and rock. You know, a bit like, what's it, the, the Lotus Eaters as well. Oh yes, yes. With those wonderful, tea, you know, television centre sets.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Here we are. Here we are. Tough
2: assignment. <laughs> now the most interesting thing really for me about this email was it says, sent from my iPhone. He typed all that on an iPhone. The man is an enigma. Anyway, that's enough of tough assignment.
0: That tough assignment really sounds, you can imagine, George, you go round the back, I'll take the front. You know, that sort of Sweeney-esque. In affairs, In affairs. fez, yeah. <laughs> and they always have, what is it? Um Yes. yes, and of course it would star Nadia Sawala's father, who seemed to he was just in everything at the time, I seem to believe.
2: Yeah, he was, yeah. I, yeah. I think
0: I think it's her father anyway. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that rings a bell in my mind. Um he was certainly in some Bond films. Um Well he'd be yeah. starring as the mysterious stranger. Nadim Sawala, there we go. And he was in he was in uh, Survivors as well. There you go. The Lights of London. Everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, time now for the good review guide finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you
2: and as promised this week we're looking at Stingray Operation Ice Cap
5: stand by for action we are about to launch Stingray acceleration rate 6 phones let's go It's like one of those flying sauces.
4: You boys have no idea what two determined girls can do when they try.
7: But the Poseidon could have come up on any of the four cold currents from Antarctica.
5: Watch it, Troy. Blizzards can blow up mad fast down here. Dan, Squid,
2: fire a sting missile. Too late. Oh, Marina! We must see that Troy Tempest does not lack company in the Antarctic wastes. It can be very, very lonely down there. <laughs>
5: Anything could happen in the next half hour. <laughs> Stingray! 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 Anderson Entertainment presents Stingray, Operation Ice Cap.
0: Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type Ice Cap into the search panel at the top to stand by for action.
5: Stand so, by for action.
0: I loved putting that in when we were editing the Stingray music and I was doing the, the theme. I loved editing editing in your dialogue there. <laughs> uh, it, just, it was a, one of those nice moments. Then, of course, adding a massive explosion after it.
2: Anything could happen in the next half hour.
0: Anyway, uh, here's WarpFactor.com, Matthew Kressel coming in with an explosion. For fans of the Anderson world and the TV incarnation of Stingray, especially, uh, Operation Icecap comes wholeheartedly recommended. There is no doubt listening to the production of the time and love going into every minute of it with everyone having their super marionation loving heart in the right place. And whether you're a fan of the original series looking for nostalgia rush or someone new to the adventures of Troy Tempest, it's a jolly good way to spend three and a half hours or so and give this a listen.
2: I love the <laughs> fact that you said that. It's actually PWOR, because that's what they say in Stingray. PWOR! P-W-O-R yeah i just wanted to say pwah instead uh, just much more fun wouldn't it be brilliant if they said that it's stingray. okay try Pwah. Pwah. <laughs> proceed with orders
0: received is what it stands for it just received came into my head well, maybe they go, you know, like if a sardine accidentally slips inside stingray. You know, what's that? Ah, oh, sardine's gone in again. <laughs> the next review is from Lee Thacker
2: from Set the Tape. He says each of the actors is able to evoke their how their parts sounded on screen. Mark Silk is a great Troy Tempest, and Wayne Forrester captures the southern drawl of phones. As well as the Peter Laurie inspired vocal stylings of Agent X20 Nicholas Briggs, ooh, the voice of the Daleks in Doctor Who on TV And for Big Finish uh, Gives his own distinctive take on the gravelly-voiced Commander Shaw That's right And his version of King Titan is quite uncanny uh, Try, mighty Titan. Mighty Titan. (laughs) Uh, Jules de Jong effortlessly captures the tones of Atlanta portrayed by uh, on TV by Lois Maxwell. She's brilliant. Music by Benji Clifford, as well as the sound design by Toby Hitzick Robinson, also give the finished product an extra dimension and authenticity a stand-up job uh, by everybody in reviving a tv classic and making it feel very fresh and
0: vibrant even after all these years thank you next up doctor who philip hinchcliffe presents volume four the god of phantoms there you are then like a distress signal
7: or an
2: invitation hard to know which the trouble is i find them both equally enticing
7: Then we must seek it out.
2: From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. Philip Hinchcliffe presents God of Phantoms. This world must
0: be part of the sister system.
7: The air smells of something dying. There's
0: ghosts on Swallowback
7: Mountain. Ritzy O'Brien, never forget. No, he's
5: dead and gone. Who are your enemies? Are they the loggerheads? And now
1: they're marching on us. By tomorrow...
5: Gratitude will be
0: burning!
5: And... And... Fire!
8: The local commune have a myth about two battling gods. Have you heard it?
6: I am here to warn you about the Doctor. How can
8: I forget my
6: greatest enemy?
7: Jaques Alvaro... Alvaro. Never Never forget.
5: Who let you into my head without a key? I myself! NEVER FORGET! Remember. Do it, Doctor. Forge it now.
2: Big Finish. We love stories.
5: Here is the forge of the broken mind, where life and hope are left behind
0: imagine philip Hinchclip standing on on stage and kind of going and now it's the god of phantoms and a sort of curtain opens <laughs> I don't know, some reason. him
2: presenting yeah
0: just yeah <laughs> don't know why well tony filer <laughs> hey. uh, son of tony flyer son of bill filer <laughs> what um My son just exploded. monty python's filing circus um, it says <laughs> warpfats.com here Lots of Tom Baker and Louise Jameson Is never in any circumstances A bad thing True. Lots of Philip Hinchcliffe uh, Lots of village Village, village Hinchcliffe. The village the of village, Hinchcliffe the Where village. Mark Platt
4: lives
0: <laughs> Lots of Philip Hinchcliffe and Mark Platt For that matter Is never in any circumstances A bad thing god of phantoms is a whole heaping handful of good things that was fun to say heaping handful it is yeah
2: it's a whole heaping handful i'm always going on about what a great writer tony is um sci-fi pulse.net uh razor Devereaux says philip hinchcliffe continues to craft quintessential stories as only he can for his part adapter
0: mike mike
2: (laughs) mike blatt (laughs) <laughs> having not having much luck with these names, are we? Mark Platt, Ma- sorry, Ma- Mike
0: Platt sounds like a real con artist, not well, it? Hi, Ma- Mike, Mike Platt signed this contract. Ma-
2: Mike Pratt, of course, played uh, uh, Randall in Randall and Hock Maybe i Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah. And, and,
0: and David Pratt was yes. my headmaster when I was at primary school. So you know,
2: yeah. And you're a Pratt gloom. is something that I had <laughs> said to me an awful lot. Uh, uh, pro- anyway, Mark Platt proves that he and Hinchcliffe are well matched. Yes, that's right. They're having an arm wrestling match. I can just imagine the two of them. two people least likely to do arm wrestling. Unlike our, our boss, uh, CEO Jason Hagelry, who, if you give him a couple of glasses of champagne, <laughs> will arm wrestle anyone. And I've it's seen too- it. Have you seen it? With Rob Ritchie, isn't it? The, the brilliant I, animator. Not, um, I've not yeah. seen
0: those two together. Oh I'll yeah, yeah, they... I can imagine it. Rob Ritchie's a big lad, isn't he? Exactly,
2: you see. Yeah. I don't know who won, Rob, if you're listening, write in and let us know the truth. Uh, Rob Ritchie who's done some fantastic work for he's Big Finish so Really nice guy. Oh, well. lovely. Talented. Yeah. Talented. And that that, that like, he did the, the music the not the music, he's an animator, Nick. Get, get the plot. He did the video for the uh, the sixth doctor. Um, song about Hebe and the TARDIS, you know, that was done. Oh, that was yeah. great yeah. as
0: well. That was really brilliant.
2: fun. Yes, yeah. yeah. Brilliant work. Uh, I keep meaning really to write to him and all the team to tell him how brilliant. He's done. I really should do that. Well, but maybe he'll hear this. Hopefully, hopefully. Somebody fantastic. will tell him. Somebody Rob, tell him. you're fantastic. And fantastic singing from Helen and Howard. It's doing It's Brilliant. just lovely. It's, it's a really,
0: real fun, nice little surprise, wasn't it? And totally well, crazy. Yeah, totally crazy. We love it. We love crazy. Uh, So does Peter know them. I haven't finished reading this, unfortunately. Well, (laughs)
2: finished. As a result, Philip Hinchcliffe, uh, the village of Hinchcliffe, presents (laughs) volume. Every time I see Philip's name from now on, I'm going to say the village of Hinchcliffe. Presents (laughs) volume four. Uh, (laughs) The God of Phantoms, I've lost the plot. Is an excellent blend of classic Doctor Who tropes and modern Doctor Who sensibilities. 9.5 out of 10. So close to perfection. So close. And yet, 0.5 too far.
0: You can imagine, can't you? It sort of says, you know... You Are now entering the village of Hinchcliffe. Please drive carefully, you know that. And don't run Mark Platt over, yeah. Don't run Mike Platt, Mike, who's, Platt, sorry, who's conning old ladies with contracts. Yeah, Look. if you just sign this, all, uh, everything will be sorted. And he's also got his, oh. his former partner is a ghost, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she was whacked with a shovel or something, you
2: know, <laughs> by an old lady. <laughs> it, it won't it. hurt a bit. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> this, this, this is this is how you know, big finish, this is how all the ideas happen. <laughs> Just like this really. Um yeah, that'll be in the next Philip Hinchcliffe box app. Um dot com, Peter Nolan <laughs> Nick's, Nick's officially turning turning red as a tomato. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I've got purple. Bold, experimental, and dripping in atmosphere. I love anything where it says dripping. There's a great thing somebody said the other day. Somebody, somebody said the other day, a great thing. They said, um, when I met this person, they said they were dripping with insincerity. I, think that was just, I thought that was the most beautiful... Was it me? Yeah. It was oh. you, yes. You, you you, do drip with insincerity. <laughs> Hi there. It's so nice to meet oh, you. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I suppose it's, if you sign this contract, it'll be all right. <laughs>
2: Clang! There goes Clang, the uh, there. There goes the spade
0: in him on the end. <laughs> oh. uh, God of Phantom Seam... God of Phantom sees Philip Hinchcliffe and Big Finish stepping outside of their comfort zone. Oh! And the results may be the best of the Philip Hinchcliffe Presents
2: range yet. Goodness me. Uh, Indiemacuser.co.uk, Jacob Licklider, says, while the story is full of the village of Hinchcliffe's charm, it would... (laughs) be remiss of me to neglect the talents of nick briggs being unable to read this of mark platt (laughs) mike platt who, who took the outline and made it a functional script reworking several sections that would have most likely worked on television but couldn't on audio ken bentley's sublime direction also adds to an excellent release mixing the best of the
0: range together Ooh. Nicely red. Thank, thank you. Over the top. It's a bit really. blue as well. <laughs> uh, it's on to Twitter now. Yes, Tellos thirty uh, two. Tell us more. Uh, says <laughs> Doctor who, <laughs> who: The God of Phantoms by Philip Hinchcliffe of the Village Hinchcliffe. Humps to bumps to boo boo. Adapted by Mike Platt. Mark Platt. Uh, the TARDIS brings the Doctor and Leela to a colony world where they find a diabolical machine, <laughs> a terrible secret, and a foe long since forgotten. Excellent. What about that foe? Oh, he's been long since forgotten. Who's he? I don't
2: I think I met him at a fate once. Long since. Yeah, yeah, um, long since at forgotten. Super Neku says, just one audio today on listening to Big Finish while working. <laughs> Hashtag Doctor Who, the god of phantoms, gotta love a nice long village of Hinchcliffe story.
0: <laughs> Not wrong there. Well, James Go 52282075 says, uh, in no uncertain terms, uh, Big Finish have kept... kept... Doctor Who alive during the wilderness years. I was listening to Doctor Who, the village, the villager Hinchcliffe presents the God of Phantoms last night. Absolutely brilliant. They are James. Go five two two eight two zero
2: seven five big fan of village life there um that's it for the reviews this week uh, next time we'll be talking about doctor who the 11 starring com- colin baker i'm not going to get his <laughs> name right compost <wrong>. com- compost <laughs> baker com- and mark um i would just no i won't say anything more it's just going to be great
0: <laughs> dear dear we, we, we've just we've just uh, lost the ability to speak haven't we oh dear Still to come to the podcast, Listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll be looking at the Big Finish interlude released with Seventh Doctor Adventure, Silver and Ice, The Haunting, not of Brick Lane, but of Brick Place with a Y, by Georgia Cook. Not to be confused with Georgina Cook, which we might have said in a sort of, you know, rush as we get everybody's names wrong.
2: Her name's not really Georgina, is it? No, it's Georgia
0: Cook. Oh, I'm saying that we would have. I'm yeah. saying that we we would have called yeah. it that because we were incompetent.
2: Yeah. No, I thought it was Georgia. I mean, you know, <laughs>
0: wrong-footed well, you there. Know.
2: did I was just a worried. Sorry, Georgia. I thought I'd uh, insulted you with the wrong name. Um, but first, let us delve behind the scenes with "Bad Day in Tinseltown" by Dan Starkey. Over now to script editor Matt Fitton.
7: I'm Matt Fitton, and I script edited the Seventh Doctor Adventures silver and ice so first up we've got bad day in tinsel town uh which has the seventh doctor and mel encountering a couple of different flavors of cybermen i think dan approached david originally david richardson with an idea for a cyberman story that he wanted to do and it turned out it was a really good fit for this particular set of stories because we were looking for a kind of um season 24 vibe so so we're reuniting the seventh doctor and mel in that i don't know it's, it's quite a unique season of adventures that first uh, seventh doctor series where everything's kind of larger than life and quite um almost it's almost like a live action cartoon in a, in a lot of places and dan's ideas for for this story with this frontier town based around the um, the entertainment venue and this uh, idea of the, the, the frontiersman being unwittingly converted to the cyber cause really chimed with that era. And so, uh, yeah, we, we let him run with it.
3: My name is Dan Starkey and I wrote uh, Bad Day in Tinseltown. I think just the the idea of a kind of slightly derelict wild west sort of town a bit like the yukon after the gold rush just sort of appealed to me as quite an evocative setting really you know silver doesn't rust but the rest of the town does um i think the uh was, was the idea really and i think it's, it's that whole thing of like places that are slightly run down and neglected like um like old victorian seaside towns you know uh, which once were big holiday destinations and they've only got so like a, a, a little bit of that sort of tawdry grandeur left there's a certain quality which um, which bright edge which tinsel town
7: sort of has like that with dan writing you kind of know you're going to get a kind of a quirky sense of humor uh, quite bizarre and unusual situations and, and a strange kind of twist on a traditional doctor who tale he's got an innate understanding of Doctor Who he's a, he's a big fan of Doctor Who so you know you've got that kind of basis of knowledge of um, all the various Doctors and the eras and yeah he, he brings to it a particular kind of humour and, and quirkiness and and that just writing gorgeous parts that actors will relish as well. So, we've got some lovely roles here for the, for the, the villains and the guest stars. And uh, yeah, Dan and I had some discussion about how we, he'd imagined them being populated by um, the JNT kind of stunt casting of the time and, and uh, the idea of various figures kind of taking those roles who may have been big in popular culture at the time, kind of the kind of uh, Les Patterson barry humphrey's character as as the mayor or susie quattro as, uh, as as our kind of bar owner so there's that kind of feel to it and he brings all of that the sensibilities of, of knowing the era and, and the sense of humor particularly for the seventh doctor and for Mel, and giving them really kind of a, a meaty adventure to uh, take part in
3: one of the delights of writing a season 24 story is that it's not you know it, it, it's a very, very colourful kind of period with Doctor Who being in transition. And I think, certainly, the whole Andrew Cartmol sort of influences on there. You know, you're giving prospective writers a copy of 2000 AD and it's like going, there you go, I think. I, I love the fact that you can you can populate the frame... With you know some very broad sort of like interesting you know fun characters you know sort of quirky and oddball sort of characters in the background, so having a whole lot of weird cabaret artists and sort of like uh, and prize fighters in this in this scene is, uh, is 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 great fun you know sort of like obviously sort of like uh, the cantina scene in Dragonfire is uh, sort of like was limited by uh, what the BBC props department could do in 1987, but hopefully we can we can pad it out with uh, with the uh, with the listener's imagination in uh, in the 21st century.
9: I'm Bonnie Langford, and I play Melanie Bush, the doctor's assistant companion, pal, friend... whatever they call her <laughs> these days.
5: Ah, ow! That's my hair! Ow! Run, 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 run.
6: That's right, pal. Catch some Zs. Let go of the nice lady. He responds to a sharp tap on the head.
9: Thanks. <laughs> it's fantastic to have Nick in the room. I remember when I was filming with Nick before, when, uh, not filming, we were recording with Nick before when we were doing um, a Dalek story. And uh, I'll never forget this because it's the, pa- it's the whole sort of power of. Of your imagination and and when you hear something it can be so much more powerful as well if you don't have the visuals even if you don't have the visuals so we were recording in some studios you know some years ago now and Nick was doing his his Dalek voices and um, an actress was brought in to play one of the uh, guest artists and this poor woman she suddenly became eight years old again and started to cry and literally physically hid in the corner she ran to the corner and went oh because all she heard was we will exterminate you and she was there back in the room it was so it was really quite it was quite hysterical but at the same time really quite um powerful to see
1: my name is sylvester mccoy and i play doctor who number seven it's always great to be back with Bonnie. It also takes me back to the very beginning when I started Doctor Who because, luckily for me, I had a friend who was Bonnie because I'd worked with her in uh, Drury Lane. Um, it wasn't a musical, really, it was an operator, but they turned it into a musical. It was a Paris of Penzance, a wonderful production. Uh, so that was good, uh, and it's, uh, it's good to work with the uh, Cybermen. Mel never got
9: to meet the Cybermen, certainly not in vision. And uh, I don't think she's met the Cybermen in any audio dramas, although don't quote me on that one because she may have done some time ago. She's met the Daleks and she's met the Sontarans. I know that for a fact. But I don't think she's had any, certainly not any substantial stories with the Cybermen.
0: Just go to bigfinish.com and type silver and ice into the search pane for a slice of classic monster action. Oh, yeah. Ice
2: warriors and Cybermen. Sliced. Uh, now it's time for listeners' emails.
0: That's it. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Benji C. These are emails, and I'm going to tell them to you. <laughs> I didn't know what to say then. That's the first time I've been wrong-footed. I was too busy laughing just in my mind at all these names. Um, But yeah, if you want to send us an email, it's so simple. All you have to do is send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. This first one here is from Stuart. Um, It's The subject of this one is future stories. Uh, hi Nick and Benji I hope you've enjoyed some nice time off During the Jubilee nope, No time off at all I had, I, I, I had Covid at the exact time of the Jubilee And it was ghastly um, But I'm all better now um, that was my memory I was talking with my friend about They he said oh I had a great time the Jubilee we had a street party I was out there jelly and ice cream uh, chatting uh, neighbours plenty of drink it was lovely and, I, and I, I just visions in my mind of just sitting like a corpse on the sofa watching <laughs> horses march up and down at the mall you know it was just I was just, just working I just carried on working so just, I think yeah, I was doing
2: the music for the second Doctor Adventures, wasn't I? Because <laughs> I was doing you had, the
0: music for the Jubilee. <laughs> because,
2: because you had COVID, I had to take over doing Wrath of the, the Ice Warriors. Yes, right?
0: you did, because I was just I was just gone. It just got me. Gone. It got me. Got the old mind going. But, um, yes, yeah, Stuart continues here and says, I did! I was out while shopping in an old bookshop. I stumbled over a bunch of virgin New Adventures books, which I hoovered up, having never read any before. I and I couldn't help but think, these might make some notes of Dr. Vox sense. So I was wondering if uh, if any of you had plans to adapt the New Adventures in the future? As uh, Big Finish helped me through those wilderness years, my Sirens of Time cassette still holds a place of honour on my shelf. I thought it might be great if other source of Doctor Who stories that I helped a lot of my friends in those years was brought back to life. Just the thought, smiley face, have a lovely summer, kindest regards, Stuart.
2: Thank you, Stuart. I mean, um... <clears throat> We, you may have heard if you've listened to the podcast before, we talked about the uh, the adaptations of books that we've done they, bizarrely, even though people love them love them and they're you know, lovely pieces of work, a bit biased because I directed some of them um, they don't sell awfully well, so we're a little bit nervous about going down that route it's weird isn't it, the people who have the enthusiasm for those books it seems are not, there is a crossover with Big Finish fans, but not enough of a crossover to make it worthwhile interesting but we'll continue to look into that Stuart. but there's no there's no news at the moment uh next up xavier downey uh says red dwarf in the subject line dear nick and benji hi there i would be interested to know if big finish would consider producing audio dramas set in the universe of the bbc sci-fi sitcom red dwarf uh, it's also produced by Dave now, isn't it? There could be adaptations of the four novels that have been published, as well as an original audio, as well as original audio dramas set during the series seven of the show and set after the 2020 special, The Promised Land. Zave downy. Well, we did approach them um, quite a long time ago, back in like 2007, something like that, and there was no real interest from them. Um, but yeah, I mean. W- you know, it's a great show loved by many people. It would be something we, we'd we love to do. Uh, difficult to corral the, the talent, I would imagine, though. They're, they're all busy doing other things. But yeah,
0: interesting possibilities there. Hmm. So this brings me on to a kind of a second point as well, because um, my friend Bronte uh, was meant to. Uh, email in, yes. And I think but she, didn't. I, th- I think she did, but I think it might have got lost or something, or maybe I I said send it to inquiries instead of podcasts It could be my fault. But she wanted to know an interesting thing about um, about Primeval. She said that um, you know, is there a, is is this ever been something that Big Finish has considered picking up? Almost exactly yeah. the
2: same thing happened with Primeval. Yeah. We contacted them ages ago, and they were just a bit like, what? No, you know about it. So
0: I can imagine. Yeah. But
2: there was an email about that a long time ago. I mean, a few weeks ago, which
0: maybe that was from. Bronte. Maybe I think it. I think it probably was. Yeah. yeah, but it's all you know. We get so many emails. It's fine. But yeah, I guess it's just one of those things. Is it? it's all about. And this is kind of the thing that I was saying. It's all about kind of licenses, and there's so many different paths and journeys that all these things have to go through that it's sort of hard to get to that final stage really yes
2: because i remember that email mentioned that one of the actors in it who would love to uh yes yeah uh, did we not read that out or did i just read it and somehow manage to skip over it stupidly anyway sorry about that yeah i mean i would i, I really enjoyed Prime Evil. i used to enjoy watching it yeah I don't think it was quite I. Popular I, I, at the time, wasn't it? Well, it was put. It, it was put on as a spoiler for Doctor Who, wasn't it? They tried to. I don't think they dared put it on at the same time as Doctor Who, but it was on shortly afterwards on ITV, so you could switch over and see it. I don't think I saw the last series of it because it got very, very involved and intricate, didn't it? I think yeah, it was a good idea though. Yeah. Hmm.
0: There you go. There hmm. we go. Good. good answer. Good answer. Well, well, we've I don't got know. One it wasn't here. very conclusive, was it? <laughs> no, it's as it's conclusive as, as we're going to get. So, uh, <laughs> This one here is from uh, our good friend Michael House uh, from Tokyo, Japan. Um, to whom it may concern... Uh, As the subject indicates, here are a couple of comments on some things that you discussed on the 20220619 podcast, uh, the Big Finish podcast episode. Uh, Um, (laughs) One, I thank you for your reality-based public service announcement about the importance of getting COVID-19 vaccinations on the 20220619 episode. Your real-world examples are important reminders of the difference between being vaccinated and being unvaccinated if one catches COVID-19. In the Tokyo suburb where we reside, my live-in partner, who is in her 60s, and I, in my 50s, have thus far avoided catching COVID, um, despite official case counts approaching 10% of our local population. This is thanks largely to getting our initial shots and boosters as soon as we were able as well as rigorous masking and physical distances. Uh, Please keep getting the word out. It makes a difference. It really does make a difference. And, And the thing is as well, it worries me that we're kind of, you know, I mean, I just got an alert on my phone saying that the COVID counts were up, you know, increasing again this week. But like, you know, my dad, who's incredibly vulnerable at the moment, I won't go into details, but he has to visit hospital at the moment and he's got very, 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 low immunity virtually none but in the hospital they've just allowed um they just said that people no longer need to wear masks in public areas Mm. in the hospital and so subsequently they've now had to luckily their hospital been accommodating and they've showed him you know a side door to be able to get in to avoid that but you know it's just thoughtless isn't it really when we're still covid still out there yeah um but you know who am i to to sit and dictate and Speakers though, I... yeah, whatever. Um, Cut that last bit. Who am I to say all this stuff anyway? Uh, Regarding the Sarah Jane Smith Season 2 cliffhanger, if Big Finish were to resolve this in some fashion, perhaps as a story dedicated to the purpose or as part of another production, I imagine I would gladly buy and enjoy it as I did the original series. At the same time, uh, leaving it a mystery wouldn't overly trouble me either. As with other such matters, I trust your judgment. Be seeing you, Michael House. Oh, he'll be seeing us. Well, okay. We'll
2: take those points on board and yeah I feel the same about the Sarah Jane Smith thing you know, maybe we could do it or maybe we should leave it as a mystery what do we think folks uh, that's it for the emails this week more next time Send to podcast at bigfinish.com uh, last week I asked you to you'd send us your tales about how you listen to Big Finish during your summer holidays nobody answered <laughs> I'm crushed uh, hope to hear something about it this week from you all.
0: see you next time <laughs> As always, the Randomoid Selectatron is preparing itself right now. It's getting changed in that cupboard over there. (laughs) It's getting ready as well to offer a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. But before that, it's time for Also Available, and this week we give you a preview of the Big
2: Finish Interlude download that's released with this week's seventh Doctor box set, Silver and Ice.
4: Doctor Who. The Seventh Doctor Adventures, Interlude. The Haunting of Brick Place, by Georgia Cook. Performed by Sophie Aldred. Midnight lay silent over Brick Place. A dull summer heat hung in the air. Fog curled across the courtyard from the distant Thames, shrouding the window panes, casting strange shadows across the floor. Agnes paused to wipe the sweat from her brow, her heart pounding. She hadn't dared light a candle. Instead, feeling her way up the staircase with careful footfalls and a fumbling hand, inching step by step in the silvery moonlight. Now she stood in the narrow passageway on the second floor, staring into the cavernous space of the great chamber. By day, the chamber was a thing of glittering brass and burnished wood, reserved for Sir Ralph and Lady Ellen's most privileged guests. By night, it lay silent and empty, pulling shadows into itself like a great well of darkness. Nothing stirred in the gloom. No candlelight flickered in distant doorways. Nobody would wake for another hour at least. Agnes was alone. She'd grown to hate this time most of all. Agnes steeled herself, her shaking hands casting disjointed silhouettes across the panelled walls. Past the great chamber lay Mistress Ellen's room, then back down the stairs to safety. If she ran now, she had a chance. If she ran now, maybe she'd miss... A sudden movement stirred the air. A whisper, feather light, floated from the shadows at the end of the corridor. Agnes froze. Someone was making their way up the central staircase, each footfall echoing in the silent house. A pale shape appeared in the doorway. The whispering grew louder. Slowly, slowly, the shape resolved into the figure of a young woman clothed in a simple black tunic. Jewels glittered at her chest, sparkling in the darkness. Agnes pressed herself against the wall, stifling a sob. Still whispering, the woman passed at a hair's breadth. But we turned right, just like a normal conversation, right? She didn't appear to notice Agnes in the shadows. It was doubtful she noticed anything at all. Her gaze never shifted. Her pace never slowed. With those same careful steps, she reached the end of the passage and passed into the great chamber. Agnes watched her progress with bated breath. Leave. Please leave. Let this be over. Let it... The woman crossed the chamber, the strange needlework on the back of her coat gleaming in the moonlight. When she reached the opposite side, she stepped smartly through the wall and vanished. Immediately the whispering ceased. The footsteps vanished. The house grew silent once more. Agnes fell against the wall, gasping back tears. Every night, every night without fail. Nobody knew the spectre's name. Nobody knew why she appeared, why she walked her ceaseless route through the house. Gossip among the remaining servants insisted she was a revenant, risen from the grave seeking ghastly vengeance. Sir Ralph's footmen talked of confronting her, but all had lost courage come nightfall. Nobody had worked up the nerve to tell the mistress, let alone Sir Ralph. Thank the Lord Sir Ralph was away. Thank the Lord Mistress Ellen so rarely left her rooms. Only Agnes remained. Agnes, who lit the fires and tended to Mistress Ellen. Agnes, who rose first and walked the corridors alone before dawn. Agnes, confronted by this ghastly vision, night after night. It occurred to her, sometimes, in the dread-filled hours before dawn, that the spectre didn't look much older than Agnes herself, that whoever she was, she had chosen a form of disquieting normality, but that only made her presence all the more terrible. Agnes stood a moment in the darkness, breathing the warm midnight air, staring into the emptiness left by the spectre's departure before hitching up her skirts, closing her eyes and hurrying towards the stairs. Nothing followed, nothing stirred.
0: Don't forget that it'll soon be time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of Bad Day in Tinseltown by Dan Starkey and starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor. But first...
2: It's the Randomoid Selectatron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected...
0: Big finish, release.
5: <laughs> Don't know why I said That's it. That's like right, huh?
0: and it's uh, it's in, it's here. What is it? It's active. It's Doctor Who original sin. Original sin. Now this is uh, uh, a book
2: adaptation, isn't it? Yeah. So it's interesting that uh, Ran has got on the topic again with one of the listeners' emails talking about a Virgin books. Uh, yeah, based on the 1995 New Adventures novel by Andy Lane. This is. Let's hear the trailer.
9: You've got to explain what's going to happen. What's going to happen
4: to Earth?
2: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, novel adaptations, original sin.
4: Ross Forrester, Chris Quench, I guessed. Nice fur.
1: I think the trade name is Body Bepling. Why would anyone want to do that? Why would anyone
8: want to wear high heels? I thought you were on my side. I am.
0: A
5: sim cord was on.
3: She turned the picture off to make it look inactive, but the com light was green. Everything was being heard by someone else.
1: Earth's in an expanding empire phase at the moment. They aren't especially keen on aliens. You'd better keep to yourself then. Don't I always.
3: If the mind probe record was fate, somebody wants us to believe Annie was guilty. So she can't be, she's innocent.
4: So you're saying all these spur-of-the-moment murders are
1: assassinations
6: in disguise with adjudicators covering them up?
1: You don't understand how time works. I can't change what's happened or influence what will be.
5: There's been too much killing, too much pain. If the Hith are to get anywhere, diplomacy is the only solution. I promise. By the time you have screened out your knowledge, one agonized fact at a time, you would rather have died.
1: I'm playing with a fire so dangerous
0: it could scorch eternity. Big finish. We love stories. I seem to recall with this one that I was meant to be doing the music for this. Oh. And something, because I was sent the scripts, and something happened, and then I would never did it in the end, and I was on something else. Oh, right. Um, so that's my memory of Original Sin. Is it, who's it directed
2: by? Oh, Ken Bentley and Crispin Merrill and Gordon Young. Crispin Merrill who, who did the music for um, New Captain Scarlet, I think. Yeah? Did, yes, you're right. Hmm. There you go. Well, um, I think, now Benji, that while I email uh, Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to... Benji, could you please explain how you get the 25% in the style of <laughs> the village, uh, uh, the uh, parish, head of the parish council at the village of
0: Hinchcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> the head of the parish council? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, if, uh, please uh, sit down. No, no, on that chair over there. Now we've got a lot to talk about today, but before we do anything, I must insist that you go to bigfinish dot com <coughs> uh, and uh, head over to uh, the podcasts page. Um, are you writing this down? Good? Yes. Yes. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, uh, once you're on there, uh, click read more, uh, and uh, under the picture which we got commissioned by the local uh, uh, the local school of uh, two individuals, uh, you want to click. Uh, here and enter the code. Buck up now. Marjorie was very instrumental in coming up with this phrase. Uh, it's buck up. B U um, C K U P. No spaces. No capital letters. No punctuation. Just one big party uh, for the nation. Click it. Enter it, and and you will get your discount. But please drive carefully uh, through the village. Thank you. Gosh. That is what I needed to know.
2: Uh, That was uh, very convincing. Um, uh, Ran, I worship you. Uh, Next week's podcast is called Simply Beyond War Games because it uh, covers the brand new Second Doctor Adventures from Big Finish starring Michael Troughton, who we talked about earlier, and taking on the mantle of the part his father, Patrick Troughton, portrayed on TV. We look at both stories in the box set The Final Beginning and Wrath of the
0: Ice Warriors. In the meantime, all that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Oh, and do remember that we do all this for the love of stories.
2: Time now for the seventh Doctor Adventures, Bad Day in Tinseltown by Dan Starkey and starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor.
5: you coming or not?
8: On my way, thank you. Uh, there's a few boxes to tick about the state of your equipment, but nothing out of the ordinary. Unlike this place. My, my!
5: So, it's
8: big. Well, I'll say. Are those the mineral seams gouged away on the cave roof?
5: That's drilling.
8: Yes, you're uh, keen on that here, aren't you? Or the mayor is, at least.
5: Big cave here.
2: Shafts There, there, and there.
8: I see. Ooh, the, uh, the atmosphere feels live and heavy. And it's such an unusual shape.
2: Yes, yeah, so you say.
8: And you don't say much, do you? Uh, was it Gerald? <sighs> so, most of the tinsel deposits were found in this chamber? <sighs> That uh, red light on your handset means something good, I hope.
5: Wait.
2: Caliph? Caliph! G-Unit! What's up with it?
8: Well, uh, might it be wise to head back?
2: Power search. Trips the drills out this nothing.
8: Are you sure about that? No! Oh!
1: Cleaning the brand new dimensional stabilizer, too. I mean, shame. I'm just glad we got down in one piece. The renovations need time to bed in. I haven't even tried the new soup dispenser. Oh, I hope that doesn't gum up as well. It's not just the TARDIS that needs sprucing up, Doctor. Look, something external must have set the console off. Hmm. Oh, yes, I take your point. This place has seen better days. Where are we? It's dingy enough to be the Arctic Circle. Somewhat crepuscular, it's true. Not Earth, though. (laughs) Hmm. Smells like a mining colony. Wrong side of the 30th century. Judging by the constellations, we're off the beaten track. Civilization, Perhaps. Shall we meet the locals? It sounds lively. (laughs) There's a sign. Mitzi's Place, the biggest saloon in Bright Edge. Brace yourself, Mel. Not exactly the Wild West. But plenty of rhinestones everywhere. At least the room didn't go silent. (laughs) No clearly something going on in the big hall at the back um let's take a look a night at the opera
6: take your places for the main event but what are you saying
1: about civilization we'll be lucky yeah
6: The green corner, all the way from Retragus Prime, Quasar the Unapologetic. Your defeat will
1: be lower than my feet. I've never seen a crocodile do jokes before. Something lost in translation, I think.
6: And in the beige corner, our very own boy from Bright Edge, the pride of Tinseltown, the one, the only, Big Gerald! Yes,
5: I am Big. And my name is Gerald. Now he's got his pattern down.
6: Place your bets, seconds out, and... FIGHT!
9: (laughs) Doctor, can we leave? This is horrible.
1: Oh, just a second, Mel. There's something familiar about the Big One.
9: The crocodile-faced Big One or the other big one.
6: Quaser <laughs> 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 <coughs> <coughs> <crazer> it out for the Count! Big Gerald remains undefeated! Take your glasses back to the bar, collect your winnings from the teller box next to the holodart board.
9: Well, that didn't last long.
6: Thankfully. I wonder... Where are you off to? Excuse me. Don't forget to come tomorrow for the grand reopening. Only Excuse me. Uh, Yes? What is it?
1: The famous Mitzi, I presume. At your service. I'm Mel, and this is the Doctor. Has Big Gerald always
6: had those silver arms? Or are they a recent innovation? Gerald's just Gerald. Who wants to know? Are you fatters as well? Um, (laughs) Do we look like fighters? (laughs) Well... He could be a Velcronian. They are small, but nasty. Thank you. Don't mention it. And the legendary Battle Janets of Catamol Five have hair as fiery as their temper, so I'm not being totally
1: dumb. Battle Janet? So? I'm known for my devastating charm, not
5: my fists. No, no, you see, Miss Protrexus, the voters won't buy it. Bright Edge is a mining town. Always has been, always will be.
8: Technology has moved on. Demand has flatlined in the inner galaxy. Mayor Derek, you really...
5: <laughs> I told you, call me Mungo. Can I call you Carol?
8: No. The long-term sustainability of this settlement can't be guaranteed... I'll
5: call you Chuck then, how's that? Almost have get a nickname... <laughs> People will always need quality
8: raw materials. Yes, I am not your staff, and there is no reason to depart from Galactic Central's plan to regenerate Bright Edge as a leisure and tourism centre. Now the colonial wars are over, spend is up, and your grant is tied Let to... Let me
5: stop you right there, Chuck. Now, I know you're a civil servant, so you've never had a real job in your life, but here, we work for a living. We drill. We dig. We make do.
8: Yes, I'm well aware of your election slogans. May I remind you that a cave-in due to your outdated equipment nearly killed me on my inspection of the main seam.
5: So, stuff happens. We don't make a fuss about it. We're driving up productivity the only way we know how.
8: If I may be blunt, you are living in the past, you have to modernise.
5: Turn this place into one big casino, you mean. Potted vaga plants on every street corner. We all like a bit of a flutter, but do me a favour.
8: We need publicity. At least sanction the extra energy allowance for the saloon's grand reopening tomorrow.
5: That old place on Cliff Street. South Sector's had their ration for the month. Not too many extra voters down there.
8: It'll do you no harm if Bright Edge gets some visibility. Public profile was one of the key performance indicators from Galactic Central. Extra funding for your energy grid.
5: More energy means more happy voters. Mm. I'll see what I can do. Maybe the mayor of Tinseltown can lend you some sparkle.
8: Yes,
6: thank you. Mind if I pack up? thought you looked like newcomers. Hopped up a trundler, did you?
1: Something like that.
6: I must be doing something right if you came straight here.
1: Doctor, the flyer. What? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, we heard about your grand reopening and the auditions.
6: Oh, you're a bit late, I'm afraid. Oh, pass me that cable, could you? This one? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you kindly.
1: I do have a number of tricks up my sleeve that might be of interest.
6: Ha, I knew you were in showbiz. We've got a conjurer for the main stage already. He's got his own assistant.
1: Oh, Miss Bush isn't with me. Uh, we, we, we met in transit. Did we? Yes, yes. Uh, she's an entertainment journalist. Come to cover your event. I am?
6: Yes, yes, I, I am. Mm. Oh, a journalist? Oh, fantastic. That woman from the council wasn't making it all up then.
1: Certainly not, no, no. Um, they'll all be talking about Mitzi's after tomorrow. It won't be, Miss Bush.
6: I'll make sure of it. Well, how much do you know already? Best to hear it from you. Oh, uh, well, we've had a bit of cash to put Bright Edge back on the map. This far out from the space lanes, there aren't many visitors. Present company accepted.
1: I've always been a trendsetter. <laughs>
6: Well, they reckon Fulminium mining's a busted flush, what with newer ships and the end of the colonial wars. It's either turned this place into a resort planet like Florana or mass evacuation. So, entertainment it is. <laughs> and the, uh, entertainment we've just seen? It's not pretty, is it? But my current punters like it. Gotta start somewhere. We'll have more variety tomorrow night. Hey! Can you do close-up magic? We don't have anything like that. You mean like this? (gasps) Oh, nice card. Nifty handiwork, Doctor. You are hired. I
1: thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me. Doctor? I'll be back later. Um, Have a check around. Find out all you can about what's going on here. What am I looking for? Uh, The big chap. Who won the fight? His cybernetic arms worry me. Uh, see if you can have a chat, but stay
6: safe. Uh, I'll be back for the opening. Do you know when it is?
1: I've got the flyer. See you at the half.
6: The half? 30 minutes before the beginner's call, which is five minutes before the curtain goes up. Not come across it before in your entertainment journalist career? Um, well, oh, all changed in Galactic Central nowadays. No, oh, I'll bet. Let me get you a drink, Miss Bush. You can tell me all about it.
5: Butcher Keep drilling, mate. <laughs> See, Chuck? My people love me. Right, fellas? Oh, yeah, boss. Yeah.
8: Oh, yeah. Or is it all the investments Galactic Central have made under your watch?
5: Oh, ye of little faith. Hearts and minds, love. They give me their hearts and I have mine.
8: How fortunate for them.
5: Anyway, your gel sense didn't do the place up. See all the new street signs? Tinsel. That wall over there? Tinsel. The boulevard we're walking down? Tinsel. All home-mined and home-processed.
8: And very tasteful, it is too, but...
5: But I... nothing. We took a pretty but useless mining byproduct and rebuilt the city out of it. Not the only thing that's pretty but useless around
8: here. And may I ask, has Bright Edge mined anything of significance apart from tinsel for the last 17 cycles? You can't export this stuff.
5: No, 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 fair comment. There are still plenty of goodies to dig out of that mountain. Just takes time and effort.
8: You're selling a dream, Mr Mayor.
5: Don't know about dreams, but here's a great big magnetic drill. Will that do... Not really. I I Hello? Is is someone there?
9: Are you hurt? Well it's missed it.
5: That's
6: That's right, pal. Catch some Z's. Let go of the nice lady. He responds to a sharp tap on the head. (sighs) Thanks. (laughs) You got some interesting props. Half a robot with no legs and one arm. Congratulations. You found Nelson's closet. Nelson? Our rusty friend here. A Couple of miners found him in the mountain yonks ago. <laughs> well, what's left of him. Give me a hand, we'll put him back. Oh. <coughs> he can drag himself quite away with that arm. Someone <coughs> might trip over him. Yeah. <coughs> He's seen better days, hasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) We had him bolted onto the bar for a while. Used to beat all comers at arm wrestling. But we got ourselves some real one-armed bandits and the punters lost interest. Big blank teardrop eyes. (laughs) I feel sorry for him. Hmm. We reckon he was some vintage maintenance droid the Tangerine Corporation left here when they cleared out. Funny, haven't had a peep out of him for ages. I'm sorry, it sounded like someone was in pain. Oh, you're a journalist. Poking your nose in is part of the job description, right? (laughs) You've got me. Well, I've got a load more things to show you. Hasn't even been referred back here. Come and meet the stars. Lead on. Bye, Nelson.